Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, we pray this morning for your mercies to be renewed. That you not cast us out of your presence. That you would speak to us as a father speaks to children. We pray that your words would bring wisdom. So that we make decisions that bring forth reward and fruit to enjoy as families, and that the fruit of the Spirit in our lives become attractive for other people to come and sit at your table and eat and to be nourished by your faithfulness, to be served by you. We pray that we would be conformed to the image of the example you have given us here on the earth, that our thoughts, our words, and our actions would pursue the excellence of your high call, that we not be prodigal sons eating pigs' leftovers amongst the pigs, but that we might understand that your call is a princely call to sit at a table that's dignified and valued because the Lamb of God has taken away the sins of the world, has invited us to partake, that we might walk in your kingdom, that we might pursue its righteousness, that we might see the fruit of those who profess and pursue your calling. Allow us to do this with excellence according to the grace you've deposited. Allow us to live in a manner that would testify and show others what is the exceeding great and bountiful provision of your goodness in our lives. We pray, Father God, that you would Forgive our sins and wash us with the blood of the Lamb that we might be able to exchange communications according to the Spirit of God. That this world, the time that we're living in this world might have an opportunity to change course and to flee the coming wrath and the craziness that's going to befall the earth. We pray, Father God, that there will be a people that you called out of darkness into your wonderful light to show forth the praises of who is most excellent to serve and to honor. That we would come with clean hands and pure hearts. That we would surrender fully to you, Lord. Like in the days of those men who sang, I surrender all. All to thee, my precious Jesus. I surrender all. That we not keep anything back, but that we make ourselves available to pursue that which you pursued us for. And that anyone who would be in Christ would be a new creation. All things have passed. Behold, everything is made new. Give us new thoughts, Lord. Give us a new heart. Give us new words. Give us a new way of life. That your word this morning would be a good seed planted in good hearts that would bring forth good fruit. Lord, thank you for the vision of Spring of Life Fellowship. Thank you for the families that participate of this vision and embrace it as theirs. And we glorify your name and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Yesterday, I was having a great conversation with a gentleman. And uh, it was funny because people will say, Pastor, I love going to your church. And when the man said that, the other guy said, our church. That was powerful. Because one guy was just visiting what he purported to be my church. But the other guy says, hey, that's not pastor's church. That's my church. And so you see the levels of people that come. Some as guests. Some come to visit world-changing churches but some are becoming the world changer this church is producing. I want to put the the context of the preaching since we've taken up so much time heating, like like Bishop uh, Boone tells me, you do the warm-up before you do the the delivery. Well, um, I just believe that 
that every second of our lives, the Bible says, whether you eat or drink, do it for the glory of God. I believe that every second in our lives is portraying the reality of what God has done in our hearts and in our lives. But I want to talk about the, 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 the context of the present state of affairs. And I want to tell you that like no other time in history, um, everything is being done to proliferate and perpetuate something called lawlessness. The lawlessness is the state outside of the presence of God, outside of the design of God and the creation of God. In other words, everything is, is turned on its head upside down because there are no laws that put it together. And when you live in the presence of lawlessness, where there's no laws governing, um, that's wreaking havoc of the darkest kind. And I can tell you it's the work of Satan. Because he lives without the measure of definition of anything. That's why when his influence around uh, being a man is not a man, it could be, it could be a woman, it could be an animal. Um, it, 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 you know, he doesn't have laws for the male expression or the female expression. Um, he just blurs everything together into great darkness. There's no, there's no right and there's no wrong in the world where he lives in. So, but in the kingdom of God, there is. There, there is an expression that everything, listen here, is subject to laws. And we have come to the place, we, our present state of affairs is when you're doing whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want, you're living without laws, you're a lawless person. You're, you're living outside of God's creation because the very fact that there's a kingdom uh, means the domain of the king. That means that he, he's the one that set the parameters of the, the laws that govern his kingdom. He's the max, he's, he's the supreme being to be able to command the laws as is appropriate. At the opposite expression, you have Satan who did not want to govern himself by, the, he wanted to set himself above the laws of God where there is no laws. Um, the guy over there in Europe by the name of Hitler uh, said that he would walk in the creation of a man that taught that you could become an Oberman. That was, that was a, a superior expression of man by not conforming to any ecclesiastical church regulations. In other words, he said like this, he says, we're not going to allow the church to tell us what to do and when to do it. That was part of, of this crazy man, um, a German philosopher, who put into motion, there is a realm above normal man that you can raise up to to become an overman, and you call the shots and don't tell anybody, you don't have to answer to anybody, and you do whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want, and, and raise up, and that makes you a devil. Where you are not conforming to the order of things. And this is powerful because in our ministry, we learned many years ago, whenever we would visit a nation, whatever nation we were invited to, we would talk to the recognized authority in that land. And so we went to Peru, for example, and we said, who is the chief minister of God in this nation who is the highest expression of authentic Christian man? And they, they gave us the name of Pedro Ferreira. We made an appointment for him, with him at his office. He would see us for 15 minutes. And he says, what do you want? I said, we have come from a foreign land with official commission and charge from God to change the world. He started laughing. He says, look, in 25 years that I've owned the national television um, uh, satellite and towers, the radio towers and the television satellite for 25 years, he's the owner of all this. 
I've never seen a crazier nut than you. And that's what his response was. So we said, okay, sir. He said, how are you going to change the world? And we said, we're calling men to be like Jesus. We're calling women to be virtuous. And we're calling children to be obedient. And, and he says, well, I'd like to listen to a little bit more of this stuff. So we left him some materials. And he listened to him over the next couple of hours. And that evening in our hotel room, after spending 15 minutes with him, he says, I want you guys to come back tomorrow. Because I have one hour live on my television program, and I want you to be my special guest. So we went live for one hour, and we continued to be interviewed. By, he kept on sweating and going like this. Man, what you're saying is real. Man, what you're saying is true. And he says, tomorrow, Friday, we have our 25th anniversary to our radio station. And guess who is our special guest? You are. So he invited us to come back, not only for the one hour on his nationwide television program, but in his 25th anniversary to his radio. And again, we, we shared, went to the highest order in the nation because from the highest order and authority, the whole nation is covered. He says, I want to do a stadium event and call all the pastors so that you could lamb blast them all. In our largest event, uh, Pat Robertson was just there, um, and he had done an event the previous year. So he wanted us to come back and, and impact Peru. And so again, we're talking about we're moving in, in recognition of God's ranks and authority. And I'll tell you, we're living in a day and age where it doesn't matter. We're going to say for practical purposes, a woman will come into the house of God and she's her own rank in Satan's world. How do I know that? Because she does not respect any other rank. She's walking in lawlessness. We're living in a time. This is not, wow, man, the times are wild. No, the devil is purposeful in, in making the earth, ready for this? The inhabitants of darkness itself. What's that mean? Listen. You're, you're, a lot of people don't understand the concept of being dragged down to hell for eternity. What's that mean? If you like the environment where there are no rules and there are no laws and there is no government, that's called hell. That, 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 and, and you only have to know what hell is like when you live in a house where dad does whatever he wants, mom does whatever she wants, and the kids do whatever they want. That's the atmosphere of hell. There's no honor in that place. And so, uh, like the proverbial frog that is being boiled in hot water, if you raise up the heat little by little, he'll stay in there and never move until he's dead and boiled. But if you were to stick a frog in boiling water, he would bounce right out. So we are carefully and sinisterly being trans, transferred into an environment of total lawlessness. And so that's why it becomes so powerful when we write a book called What is a Man? Because either you're conforming to the established parameters and definition of what a man is, or you're being stripped of your manhood. You lose it. Why? Because you begin to forfeit all the expressions of the character of a man. And one of the glorious things that happens in this atmosphere is we have some men that are intentionally moving in the direction of defining their manhood by what governs the character of a man. Because the Bible says, when your teen is a child, when this guy who calls himself a man is acting like a child, throwing tantrums, there's no woman in the world that could respect that. So when she sees Christ, because he's the measure and the fullness of a perfect man, because he walked 
according to God's, he's like these things, this, this one verse, John 8, 29, where he says, God sent me here to this earth and he's never left me alone. 8, 29. He who sent me is with me. The father never leaves me alone. Why? Because I always, I do that on purpose so you don't forget. I always do what pleases him. That is the stature of a man. He's not walking in what he feels. He's doing what God feels. And there's no greater joy in the life of a woman that knows. My wife, Yvette, I'm her science project. She looks at me and she's like, man, I could tell that what he's doing is not what he's supposed to be doing. He's not reacting. He's not acting. This guy is really, really, really trying to be like Jesus. See, isn't that what a woman will see in the life of her man? She doesn't see me cheat, steal, and lie. She doesn't see me acting like I would otherwise act. Because I'm not, I'm not trying, I'm, I'm 54. I've noticed something that the, and she's noticed something too. The older we get, the less we care. And your wives understand that? That the older your husband gets, the less he cares. But guess what? She sees that I care. And I only care because Jesus cares. If Jesus wasn't in my life, it would be a nightmare. Because I would be doing whatever I want, however I want, and who cares? But because Jesus cares, and being a science project, she's watching me like, man, he's not what he's doing would not be what he would do. Absolutely not. If there was not the one who sent me, whom I always do what he pleases, I would, be, I would be doing some crazy stuff right now. I know that for a fact. I was doing crazy stuff when I was 15. So at 54, and without God in my life, imagine, imagine just doing whatever I want. I was waking up this morning, and here, here is my godly pastoral thoughts. Ready? Here it goes. Why the heck am I doing this? Why have I been waking up every Sunday for the last 24 years to go to the house of God? Not because I want to, but because it brings pleasure to the heart of God. And by denying myself and doing what God wants, I have a different expression of reality in my life. So if that law, and watch this, in, in Romans 8.2, it says, the law of the spirit in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. When, when God calls us from no law, this concept is, Pastor, uh, I want to leave the church because in your church I feel too like, like there's too much law. There's too, a lot of people says, oh, you got to understand Joaquin. He's a little bit legalistic, right? That's what a lot of people say. He's legalistic. No, I'm not legalistic. I, I know that the expression of law is in everything God does. And when I'm lawless, rebellious, disobedient, doing whatever I want, then I'm the greatest devil. I become the greatest devil when I consider that there's nothing governing, listen, my thoughts. And by the way, my brother Jules, a psychiatrist, he says you want to end up in a psychiatry ward, you want to end up in a mental institution, let your thoughts have no parameters. Let them have no boundaries. That's what it is to go crazy. So I, I'm not going to let the devil make me go crazy. Um, so this thing of the law of the spirit, the, the life of the spirit, there are laws. And when you're being lawless, you're a, a, a criminal. No, I'm just free. I do whatever I want. I don't let nobody tell me anything. Listen. I don't know if you're an electrician, and I know that there's laws of electricity. There's laws of plumbing. There's laws of engineering. There's, there's laws on, on sales and, and how to commerce. There's laws of business. And you want to be lawless? You're, the devil's setting you up for deep darkness, buddy. 
You, you have lost it. And now I want to go a little further in. Uh, we have the Haitian community coming to America. These people in their own land gave their entire island to the devil. They didn't want to invite God in. He could, they could have. But in their rebellion, they invited darkness in. And now, over there, deep voodoo, we call it doo-doo, darkness on steroids. So they have no semblance of any order in their life. And they, I saw a picture today, uh, one of the Red Cross girls with a vest, a red vest, she grabbed one of the Haitians and she gave him a, a tenderly motherly hug. I guarantee you he wasn't seeing her as her mom. Left to his own devices, she's going to be a rape victim. Because there's no law, there's no order. There's, there's no parameters. This thing, the first, it's going to be funny. When I got to church, I was 16 years old. And so I'm young buck and I'm going crazy. And the first thing I hear is no sex before marriage. That, that hit me on the forehead like a baseball bat. I was like, these guys are crazy. What do you mean no sex? Yeah, it's sex. It's 1983. Michael Jackson is doing the moonwalk and I'm having sex, period. And the church is going to hold you to the standard of government, of purity and holiness. That did not register. That did not compute. But now watch this. What I didn't know is when those demons left and the Spirit of God came in, now there's a different law that governs my, my reality. Now I don't, I, don't, I don't sit there and I'm not in the mud. God has set me at the banquet table to receive a meal of excellence. And so this is what the world doesn't know. And in the common order of things, you think, well, that's not even real. Probably half of these youth over here are having sex. No, they're not. They're walking by the law of the spirit of life in Christ. And they're going to have way better marriages and way better intimacy than you ever even dreamed. Because they did it as God instructed. And so when you, I, today, I don't have much time. But I just want, I want you to understand that the whole climate, the Haitians are over there under a bridge and they want to come into, listen to this, a nation of laws and order. They, they don't do law and order in Haiti. They just killed their president. Whatever is authority in a place of lawlessness is get out of the way because I'm doing what I want. And that is an expression of darkness. And the people of God need to know this like they're ABCs. We can't be lost watching the world doing their craziness and saying, I can't believe we're here and we're not. Thank God you're here. Thank God you're putting an order according to the laws of eternity that don't pass away. And so that's why it's a travesty in our homes when we're professing to be Christians and mom is acting like she doesn't listen to dad and dad is acting like he doesn't listen to the church. And the children are growing up without any parameters. There's, there's no order. And so thank God for the day that Jesus Christ came into our life. And you got the Haitians. How, what do you tell me about the Afghanistans? Same thing. If you grab a whole bunch of them and bring them over here, you need to give them the decency of some type of governance. And I'm going to tell you guys something. It's not, it's not U.S. laws that's going to change these people. The only hope for all peoples is that they might see us, those who keep the laws of God. Those that understand that that is the government. And the Bible says the kingdom of God is joy, peace, and righteousness. The evidence of staying within the parameters of God is not because you have to, it's because you want to. You desire the joy and the peace and the fruitfulness of all your days, of your conversations, of you're not listening to country and rap. 
You're not listening to words. Kill your mother. F your father. Kill the cops. Rape your sister. Listen, you've lost your mind. And it's the highest grossing music upon the earth. What's that tell you? Lawlessness is rampant. They're, they're, they're putting into a brain that was created to do the great things of God. We think like the devil. Every thought. Now, it's a friend of ours. We were a youth pastor for many times. He, he finally confessed at the age of 19. He says, Pastor, I started watching pornography at the age of eight. My parents would go to sleep at night. I would turn the channels, the cable that brought in the porno video flicks, and I watched them from the age of eight to the age of 19. When I look at a girl, I don't see a girl. I don't understand the girl. I can't function with a girl because when I look at the opposite sex, I see some twistedness. I see things that, 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 that it's not who they are, is, but, but it's what I see. And so when you allow the devil to sit there and, and, and remove all restraint and all understanding and all description, now you could never enjoy what God created for you to enjoy, which was a wife, a family, and children. Because you were sucking in all that the... It, it re, it stole your purity, the, the formatting, the, the, the hard drive, everything that God created for your enjoyment and for your peace and for your pr prosperity. You've been so deep in the doo-doo, you can't tell the difference because you have decided to move in a lawless realm of sexual immorality. Your moral compass has been lost. You don't know what a woman is anymore. You don't know what intimacy is anymore. You can't even enjoy it. So in all these, I have, I have tons of friends. I still remember ourselves in Catholic parochial school. We were in fifth grade. We were 10 years old. We were all standing there taking this class picture. One of the guys was already moving into lawlessness in a realm that I didn't understand because I couldn't see. He grabbed his middle finger and put it on this and shot all the nuns a birdie. He's 10 years old and already moving into depth of disrespect, defiance, and rebellion that far surpassed my level. He was my best friend. How many think he would teach me some stuff? He was the first guy that brought a paper clip box that says, hey, Molina, and showed me <clears throat> marijuana for the first time. So you see how, how, how seeds of lawlessness were being sown into an expression of darkness to be big devils upon the earth at the age of 10. And so what are you allowing the devil to do in your life because you haven't understood that there is to be in the provision of God his... It was funny because, watch this, capture this real quick. 400 years in darkness in Egypt, he calls them out, come to Mount Sinai, and he gives them 10 governing laws the ten commandments they're incredible you should learn them and you should sit there and find out why god wants to keep us in there because when you remove the ten commandments now you can steal you can lie and you can have your neighbor's wife you could disrespect your parents when you remove the law you're moving in a heap of darkness that is not beneficial to you and the farther they move from god the more laws they needed. How to treat a blind man, how to treat a, a widow, how to, they needed information. If not, they were animals. That was good, I'll do it again. Animals. You become a brute beast because you don't want to walk in the instruction of God's goodness. And so all his laws, watch this. I just learned it last night. Is it God speaking to me? I'm digging in. He says, every single one of my commandments were given to my people so that they could walk in the conduct and behavior of love. Of love. When you're not, when you're not walking like God, it's not, you're not, no, you've lost your love for your mom 
for your dad, for the church. You lost your love for God. You've lost your love for your neighbor. You lost your love for, for even knowing that, that the money that you get is to give away, it's not to keep. There's even laws on how to steward your money. Everything, if you did everything that the law would have you do, you would be expressing the conduct behavior type of a person who loves. You know why he gave us his spirit? Because the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. He could give you his spirit and you're walking in his laws with an expression of love in every direction. I asked the Lord when Verghese and Elizabeth said, oh, we set you up to go to India to speak to the pastors over there. And I was on that airplane. How many hours, Verghese? Like 26 hours, something like crazy in a tube in the air. And I'm like, Lord, why am I doing this? Because it's an expression of love. I don't speak the language. I don't know the people. But the spirit of Christ in me causes me to move in the direction of people I do not know to give them the very best that I have. Man, this is good preaching. So, so we've lost it in this sense. When, when, when people are not coming to church no more, I just want to, number one, call them fugitives of the law. They're scoundrels. They're outright dirty and worst product of human expression that exists. Why? Because this is the place we hear from God. We weren't going to hear this if we choose to go wash our boat or go out to Bimini or do. This is the lifeline of God. But the problem is the churches aren't speaking God's word anymore. The people say, I'm not going to church. It's a waste of time. I know what they're going to say. Every year, the same day, they speak on the same thing. And so we forfeited who we are. And God is calling us in times of lawlessness to be a people of law. This little girl who died, Gabby Petito. Oh, they killed Gabby. She was so, she was an angel. She left her mom and dad's house and went to live with her boyfriend for four years. She had no boundaries in her life. She was with the wrong guy at the wrong time, the wrong place. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. We're not to be sitting there celebrating and villainizing that, that infeliz that decided to put his focus, that neighbor that said, hey, you're, you're a little witch. You don't get along with your parents. Come to my house. And for four years, she lived in her neighbor's house. And now her parents are saying, I can't believe the neighbor killed her. I can't believe you didn't take her to church, mom and dad. I can't believe you didn't raise her up to be a world changer, to teach her the ways of God, to put the fear of God in her heart. And people want to blame everybody not know. We need to know the practical realities of how the devil does his work, and we need to crush him. We need to not fall in his devices and schemes. And the moment you decide to grab anything spoken in your direction, <laughs> it was funny. There was a sign on the side of the road, and it says, be careful, slow down as you go around this curve. And the guy says, ah, stupid sign. He put it out and threw it out and right, right over the cliff. What's that mean? Every time there's something that shows up in your life that is, is a law that you perceive, listen to it. Adhere it. Try to find out what the governing laws of wherever you are at. In other words, if you're going to have a family, you should have these Laws that govern the marriage relationship. But no sex before marriage. That was the first one I heard. And when I met Yvette, I praised God. We actually did what the Bible says. And it was phenomenal. It was a blessing. It was a refreshing. It kept something that was divine in our relationship. I didn't trample that law in our courting and marriage relationship. And so there were laws that, that govern this relationship, which means for this reason, man will leave his mother and father. What's that mean? Don't get married to a child. 
If he's still being parented, keep him over there with his parents until he becomes a man. Mel will shout, Amen. Amen. I don't want to be, I don't want to be engaged with or married or even come near to having an immature, irresponsible, lawless husband. There's all manner of sufferings. I, I pray for the day that there will be a national convention of single women who admit how wrong they did courtship and marrying and, and, and fill a stadium with young girls to tell them the nightmare they lived by breaking these laws that govern the relationship. So here we got covenant of marriage, the laws of marriage. We got family. <laughs> People in this generation don't know how to do family. I was talking to my brother, the psychiatrist. He goes, it's funny, Joaquin. People leave their families and they go out looking for a family. Friends that are family. I'm like, lawless. Lawless, because if you don't give your family what God tells you to give your family, your family's not going to get it. Because you're lawless. You're governing the, the dishonor of mom and dad, the, the example of sibling. What's, what's an example? Uh, Paul tells Timothy, be an example to believers of everything they should do. Let them see the footprints, how to follow behavior. And so family has laws, marriage has laws. To be a man, this is the description of the rules that follow manhood. In a world of families with no government, upside down, fathers without honor, wives without love and respect, son-in-laws who are mockers, children that are rebellious, no example to follow. And so the expression, Psalm 119.97, where David says, oh, how I love your laws. They have become my meditation all day. But the reference back to how am I supposed to govern this relationship? How do I govern my finances? How do I govern my relationship with my parents, with my children, with my wife, with my employer, with my employment? What, what are the laws that govern these things? Because we're presently have arrived. If you think that the devil's coming He's already here, and his children are following his dictates. Cross the board. When I was in elementary, there was one family that had gone through a divorce. One family. There was 30 of us sitting in the classroom. Fast forward 20, uh, 40 years, one generation, and my daughter's in the classroom, and she says, Hey, Dad, you and Mom are the only ones that are married. All the children come from divorced parents. Why? Because lawlessness is rampant. If you're a young person and you see somebody who is enticing and attracting you that has no rules at home, run for your life. If she does what she wants, when she wants, where she wants, and her parents can't stop her, you aren't either. And all the men said, amen. In other words, you married a spoiled brat. She has no curfew. She has no time to come in, no time. If you are a young girl and you see a guy says, hey, look, I got this tattoo. Your parents told you not to. Yeah, but I'm lawless. <laughs> I have no rules. I come and go as the wind blows. Okay, run for your life, young girl. Run for your life. But when you have a guy saying, you know something, I'm going home because my parents want me home at this time. I'm wearing this because my dad doesn't like me to wear that. I'm, I'm staying to this clock. I'm, I'm trying to hold the line. It's hard. I'm suffering. I, I'm moving in the direction of excellence, of character. Being a husband is going to be a lot harder. A lot harder to be a husband. I was on an airplane to San Antonio. I sit down and I look to my side. There's a lady right here. Comes with her husband and they sit down. She said, this is to clean the seatbelt. She gave them the sanitizer wipes. This is to clean your hands. This is your gum, and this is the wrapper to put it in. 15 minutes, we're going to the bathroom. <laughs> I was like, ah! She was micromanaging her baby, who was 65. <laughs> if
If you won't follow Christ's dictates in your home, get ready for your wife to mother you. And your wife is not your mama. Come on. I meditate all day in your laws. 1 John 2, 3. By this we can be sure that we have known him. Because we're locked down to his commandments. Don't say you know Jesus and don't do what he says. Oh, you're legalistic. No, I'm not lawless. I'm not lawless. Listen to me. A, a, a guy came from Poland. He called me. He says, oh, I've been to Harvard. I'm doing a postgraduate studies. I'm writing a book. And I want your opinion about government and leadership. So we did an appointment here at the Trump Hotel. He came. He put on his recorder. He started listening, asking me questions. And when I finished, he says, but isn't there a leader that doesn't have to come with God's laws? Oh, baby, he's coming for you. He's called the man of lawlessness. He's called the antichrist. He's going to lead nations, but we are going to take off first. God's going to come and remove all those that are watching and keeping his ways. And then those that want to be lawless, have at it, buddy. Your king is coming. Have at it. I said, yeah, that leader exists too. Now we can talk about that leader. His name is the Antichrist. And he's going to make sure that lawlessness prevails in the land. What is that? No men, no women, same-sex marriages, no families, no father and sons, no holiness, no purity, sexual immorality. They call it binary sexuality. What's that mean? Have sex with everything, your cat, your dog, your horse, whoever you want. Why? Because you want to thrive in an atmosphere and climate of lawlessness. And your leader's coming. But our leader said like this, if we keep his commandments, it's a sign that we know him. 1 John 5, 3, for this is love that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not a burden. I can't believe they want me to love my wife. I can't believe they want me to, to walk like God wants, even no sex with other people. Listen to me. I, every single one of his commandments to me has put this crazy thought in order and pursued it. And, going, and what does God do? He gives you a lawyer as a pastor. I know laws. I know the definition of law is those systems of a particular community that are recognized, that regulate behavior to the members, and these laws are enforced by imposing penalties. You break a law, my friend, you pay for it. You can't act lawless and not, it's almost like when you're a kid, you do something wrong and don't get a spanking. You know what that produces? Say with me, psychopath. A psychopath is a person that is harmed in the brain because he does evil and he doesn't think it's wrong. A sociopath, a psychopath, a crazy man. Why? Because when he goes out to do as he feels, it brings a lot of damage, harm. And he doesn't know that he's doing it. So laws are that which conform behavior in a manner which is productive to the community. Outlaws are rampant. Outlaws are rampant. What's that mean? People who stand up and now they say, guess what? A miracle happened. I don't have to do anything with anybody anywhere because now I'm adopting a lawless existence. I said, man, I'm your pastor. No, no, yesterday... When I decided to be lawless, you stopped being my pastor. Yeah, but I've been your pastor for 25 years. I've pastored you, your wife, your children. I've pastored your son-in-law and your grandchildren. Yeah, but today I'm lawless. I don't govern myself by any boundaries or restrictions. My friends, we're living perilous times where people who have been in the church for decades, wake up one morning and say, guess what? I'm accountable to nobody. I come and go as I please. Well, let me just tell you something. You're going to breed after your kind. And it's going to be a real dark place one day 
when you see your descendants walking in the same manner. We want to be people who understand the law of God and fulfill it in the spirit of his love. Laws govern heaven. Laws govern the Garden of Eden. Laws govern the Old Testament, Ten Commandments. Laws govern the church in the New Testament. People are living according to the spirit of the age where there is no law. When they tried to accuse Jesus of living under the law, he says, no, the law was given under Moses. Thou shalt not kill, but I live according to the spirit. You shall not hate. You continue to tell the law of the Old Testament, which is thou shalt not steal. I have said, do not covet what belongs to your neighbor. You're to walk in a law that's higher and supreme of all laws that exist upon the earth. Why? Because we're the people of God. Because now we're headed to a kingdom and there's one particular about that kingdom. I want to tell you, I think I heard somebody say this once. One guy, one particular fellow in heaven said he wasn't going to listen to God and he got thrown out with all his followers. And since he's been thrown out, God is not welcoming anybody up there to not conform to his ways. No one is going to be on, on, in heaven doing as they please. They say, well, we don't believe uh, 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 living according to the law because we live by grace. I want to tell you what grace does. It puts you to understand the laws on steroids. Romans 6.14, he says, you are no longer under the law, but under grace. And because you're living under grace, this does not offset the law. Romans 3.31, do then we nullify the law because we're living according to grace by faith and the law has no effect? Certainly not. Wake up and smell the coffee. Where is it that you can live in an environment without accountability? Where is that? Where is that place where you do what you want, when you want, how you want, and they let you stay there? I haven't found it. I haven't found that place. So many people are repellent of order and boundaries and, and limitations. But here we are learning that we're not going to nullify the law on the contrary let's read that again romans 3:31. on the contrary we confirm we establish the law the life we're living is an expression above the law more accountability and more excellence the law is a measure that we have gone off course and it it allows you to see that it's not consistent with your benefit so god will lead you in the direction of the spirit romans 8 13 13 8 romans 13 8 it says owe nothing to anyone except love seek the best interest for one another for he who loves another has fulfilled the law what's that mean everything that god describes that you should be doing is so that you can walk in the expression of love everything that comes to tell you what to do guess what don't talk like that don't sit like that. Don't go there. Save from doing that. Don't, don't position yourself. All, all these things are there so that you not mess up the person next to you. But while we understand the heart of God in that direction, it's the spirit of God that comes inside of you that allows you to live that life. It's not an imposition. We're not keeping rules. We're keeping the life of the spirit in Christ Jesus. These laws that govern us are, are God's thoughts. So now we see the landscape. What's, what's the landscape? Sexual immorality, pornography, abortion, divorce, fatherlessness, abandonment. There's people that are not going to walk in those realities. Who are they? It's the people who walk consistent with the spirit of Christ. And so we, we see these miracles happening since last week, two of the men that have been invited to our church are, are progressing. They're progressing towards the mark of the high call to, to, to live a life. <laughs> one guy says, Pastor, the day you said hi to me on the traffic, I was going to miss that one big time. But I said, Lord, it's too early in the morning. He's going to get upset. I'm already upset. He says, tell that man that I want to bless him if he praises me if he thanks me so I pulled down the window I said sir God wants to prosper you and bless you if you'll thank him 
He goes, I know, I know, I know. I said, listen, I wasn't going to pull my window down. God told me he's going to bless you if you praise him. He started weeping like a baby. Spoke to him last week. He says, that day changed my life. I was a drug addict. I got set free. He's coming to church. He's going to discipleship. He's going to discipleship, and you still haven't gone. The last will be the first. There'll be some people that love this reality, love the ways of God, love the laws of his kingdom, walk in, in a manner. Um, he says that he has a girlfriend, and he says, she doesn't believe what's going on. And I go, well, she's going to believe when she sees you continue to walk with Christ. He goes, yeah, yeah, but I don't even believe it. He's being transformed in the presence of God. Why? Because he's allowed to bring in parameters from a higher source to be able to enjoy what otherwise would be gone. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you that we have spent time in your presence with your people, listening to your word from the man of God. We pray, Father, oh God, that you have mercy on us. We've missed it, Lord. We've missed the foundations of, of making your ways compelling foundations for the next generation. The being able to show forth behavior and conduct consistent with keeping your ways. We're not a law unto ourselves. We're not walking in iniquity. The man of lawlessness is coming. The Antichrist who professes great and swelling words and will deceive multitudes. In the last days, they will heap up teachers that will scratch, itch their ears to hear the things they want to hear because they have been reluctant to follow sound doctrine. Thank you for giving us an illustration and a portrait of what we're living right now in our lives where in every direction, men have become lovers of themselves, no longer walking according to your ways. You say in your word that the climate of the last days will be deceptive and dark and the love of many will grow cold because lawlessness would have increased. There's no more love on the land. Your commandments have been yesteryear gone and removed from our daily walk. Allow us to meditate your laws day and night and let it be our pleasure and our joy. They are not burdensome to us in this house. We give you thanks for them. In Jesus' name we pray, and the house of God says amen, amen, and amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord. Tomorrow night we have men's group at 8, men's meeting. Monday night, men's meeting, 8 o'clock, sharp. Go change the world.